It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Welcome in to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. I am J.C. Sherbert, along with Phil Molinax. Happy Monday, everyone. Um, kind of nice to be here on a Monday. And uh, <laughs> we won. Yeah, there was a big win. Yeah, Carolina uh, sort of got up off the mat a little bit, uh, second half, and uh, blew Charlotte away, 56 to 20. They did hung, hang half a hundred. Uh, on the 49ers, outscoring them 36-6. Kind of a precarious second half, or first half, Phil. Oh, yeah. um, it kind of looked like some of the same old, same old. I think a lot of people were kind of worried about the defense, obviously, <laughs> uh, in that first half. But uh, I, I thought that side of the ball responded really well in the second. Um, and I'll say this about the offense. I, I, I think, you know, because people say, well, what does this mean? You know, they're, they're always looking for meaning. And uh, – mm-hmm. Trust me, I am too. <laughs> um, here's what it means. I, I think it just backs up what I've said uh, last week. And uh, credit to uh, Chris Phillips from the Spurs Up show. He kind of took that uh, quote and, and put it out there, gave me some props. I always appreciate that from our guests uh, that do other shows. Um, where I, I think, Phil, we know enough about this offense now and the system through how many games? Four plus uh, 17 games. Yeah. That would- Carolina cannot be stopped from running the football. Look, they go up and down the field. I mean, and, and that's that's kind of football 101, right? <laughs> uh, very few teams um, can just go out and run at will and not have a good game offensively because it sets up everything else. Uh, all that said, you know, discussions about the, the OC, the game plan, you know, whatever. I, I thought, you know, there, there's always – a couple of schools of thought when you come into games like this. The, the first school is do exactly what Carolina did, uh, which apparently uh, the head coach set that, uh, mm-hmm. Shane Beaver, and said, well, run it 40 times. They ran it exactly 40 times. Uh, you, you know, and, and that's one school of thought. The other school of thought is let's go out here and, you know, throw everything at them and yeah. uh, make everybody else think uh, moving forward. Let's work on things. And, you know, I, I, I thought Carolina got better. Uh, I, I really did. Uh, offensively, you know, it, it's just great, Phil, to see Marshawn Lloyd have that kind of game. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. The game you knew he, you know, had in him. But, you know, yeah, just, we just hadn't seen it. Yet. Yeah. Just, you know, all the optics of it, you know, being a lesser opponent and all of that, I think, don't really matter at this point. You just got to. Like we like we were discussing, these are your get right game. So, OK, you got your running game right. You know, you made some. uh pre-half adjustments that looked like on defense and everything turned out your way. Yeah, definitely. And I thought, you know, that side of the ball, especially because I'm, uh, I was getting a little concerned. I was uh, very concerned about the defensive line and I still am uh, that, that position, especially at the end, it's getting thinner and thinner. And I don't know what the answers uh, are going to be. Brian Thomas, a true freshman got in at edge uh, some, and that's, uh, that's not good for this group moving forward. Um, I do, I do think that Gilbert Edmond continues to do some nice things. Pass rushing-wise, I thought 
you know, Jordan Birch had a pretty good game. I think he needs to keep coming on and get better and better. Um, and, and then the turnovers second half fill came out. Man. That was that was good to see because, you know, I think that that group on, on defense kind of last year thrived on that, you know, oh, yeah. getting turnovers and those type of momentum plays, and they seem to play uh, better, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, when, when they do – uh, get those turnovers. So, uh, all in all, pretty good game. Uh, I thought again, the you know, first half, Charlotte came out. I think we knew they were going to be pretty decent on offense and in a rhythm. Second half, Carolina completely disrupted the rhythm. Luke Doty gets in, throws a big touchdown pass to Corey Rucker, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Uh, good to see Rucker out there healthy because, you know, he's a guy that can really help this passing attack. Uh, moving forward, you know, I, I thought Spencer Rattler played kind of within himself and uh, he missed some passes here and there. Don't get me wrong, but you know they weren't going out throwing it. They kind of threw it and played, I guess, complimentary football a, a little bit. You know, Saturday night. So, uh, you know, no harm, no foul there. You got Doty some work, uh, and then you got another one this weekend where you're a heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that was that. Nana's porch chat box. By the way, uh, no Keith today. He's got a sore throat, uh, so he won't be joining with his hard-hitting Mondays today, but uh, we'll certainly uh, have him on no later than next Monday. Maybe we'll fit him in sometime later this week uh, if he can get in and join us. Keith Allsip, our Monday guest. So it's just us. It's just a, it's just a circle of friends today, Phil. So that'll be good. Um, Brian on the Nanosports chat box checks in, and we appreciate all of our chat boxers. Brian says, morning, fellas. The atmosphere was awesome Saturday. I'm so glad we went. It was a true sellout, and I'm so proud of Gamecock Nation for sticking by the program. I Phil, I thought the crowd looked great. It was loud. Oh, yeah. Um, it, it seems like people are this year are, are kind of enjoying coming back to games. Yeah, um, and that's good for the program. It's it's good, you know, for the team. I mean, just top to bottom, you got to have a, a, an engaged fan base is always positive. Yeah, and I think, and, and so I, I look back last year, like why why were the crowds? so low last year during the first year of a coaching staff. Um, usually they, they skew bigger because everybody's excited about the new coach. But I think it was COVID, honestly. I mean, we, we were kind of 2021, fall of 2021, you're still kind of coming out of it. Uh, still some restrictions in place, still some spikes here and there. Uh, I, I think some people just, you know, there's a, there's a portion that, you know, for whatever their personal reasons are, didn't want to risk it. Uh, which is fine because I mean you know you got a group of eighty thousand people, lots of different health, uh, you know, personal health uh, situations there, yeah. and you know you don't know, you know, people don't know what what you know. Some people out there just could not get that because that would it would be very a very bad outcome for them, um, and so I, I think that's part of the reason probably that we're we're seeing the crowds back is, you know, just about everybody's vaccinated or has had it, and so. You know, everybody's kind of wanting to come back. And, you know, I, I think, too, that the lights and, and stuff that they have at the stadium now are so cool. Yeah. You know, people are bringing their kids and stuff. Hey, I mean, this is, this is fun for the kids, too, because it kind of looks like a like an amusement park kind of or, <laughs> or a concert or something. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty awesome. So, yeah, shout out to Gamecock Nation. I think, you know, selling out a game like Charlotte, that says a lot. You know, uh, about, you know, especially after two losses like the Gamecocks did endure, uh, I think that that says a lot about the commitment of the fan base right now uh, to seeing this thing through, no matter how frustrated some of the games have been or some of the fans have been after the games. 
Uh, you know, you guys keep showing up and, and look, you, you want to talk about what it's going to take to win around here. You know, that's what, that, that's a huge part of it is you guys. Uh, Gamecock fans are notorious uh, for uh, showing up and packing it out, win or lose. Uh, that, that's kind of the rep. Uh, it's kind of the one good thing or the, one of the most consistent good things this program's had is, is great fan support. And uh, you can't, can't argue with what, what's happened so far with the, the first three home games uh, that we've no. had uh, in Columbia this year. And we got one more on Saturday, a noon kickoff, probably the weather. I don't know. I haven't checked the forecast, but it was a cooler type of day Saturday. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe you can hope for cooler days uh, this Saturday. So, yeah, Brian, we appreciate that. Hunter says, yeah, the only spots that didn't have asses in them <laughs> were the usual top right corners of the away nosebleeds. Yeah. And that's uh those, those seats rarely sell unless you're playing a big opponent uh, or somebody. Jeff Fowler comes in. Morning, gents. Love the game thread Saturday night, JC. You the man. Yeah, I, I, I jumped in the game thread a little bit, and then I was like, ah, uh, you had to call some people out, man. Very uncomfortable uh, conversations to be had in the game thread Saturday night, but I took care of it, so uh, that's all good. And uh, thank you, Jeff Fowler. And what do we always say? He says, go Cox and Semper Fi. That's right. Thank you for your service, sir. Clint says, glad to get a comfortable win, but not sure we learned much more about the offense. Well, yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh, reinforced reinforced kind of the, the, the notion that when this team can run the ball, uh, they don't have a lot of problems, you know. But mm-hmm. uh, the, the problem is, is that <laughs> you, you face many of the best defenses in the country. There are going to be games where, you can't just line up and run it. I mean, nobody can, you know, I mean, that's, that, that's why, uh, you know, if everybody could just do that and win games, I think most coaches would just get on the ground and stay on the ground. Um, so, so that's that Clint, but I'm, I also don't want to like diminish Marshawn Lloyd doing what he did three touchdowns, 169 yards. I click, uh, Christian Bill Smith. I thought, uh, Still had a good game. You yeah, know? he looked really good blocking yeah. and you know running the ball. Blocking so. and running the ball. Positive. I think mm-hmm. getting him back healthy is going to help a lot. Um, still would have liked to have seen Jaheim Bell involved more along with Juice Wells. Uh, but look, you know, wins a wins a win. You hang half a hundred, uh, fifty six to twenty. I think five hundred forty five yards or something of total offense. That's exactly what you need to do against a defense like that. Um, and then Lloyd, of course, with some highlight plays, jumping over guys. Uh, that's kind of his trademark, man. Uh, yeah, he's not afraid to jump over somebody. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Nah, he did it in high school a couple of yeah. times. I mean, he's a uh, – and then one of the plays, he down to the one toward the end zone, he jumps up and he he, he lands and he plants and cuts. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, to do all that, that's a heck of, that's a heck of an athlete. So, I, you know, Marshawn <laughs> uh, kind of showed, showed you why, you know, he was one of the top running back recruits in the country and – I think this will help get him confidence and get him going yeah. uh, because, you know, you're not looking there and seeing, you know, seven carries for 22 yards. You know, you, <laughs> you finally had a big game highlights. Everybody likes it. Lance goes, what up fellas? How are we doing today? I'm doing fine. Lance yeah, feeling good. Yeah. Rooster C says, good morning. Uh, Daniel Watt says morning, JC and Phil. Daddy O says, good morning, fellas. Um, John says morning all. Uh, the Get Right Tour episode one went well, I thought, overall. 
That's right. Side one. Side one. <laughs> yeah, you got a B side coming. We got B side coming up, so we should do well there. It's interesting, you know, JC. I was thinking watching this game. I was like, I wonder how much next week is going to be like us just vertical, you know, <laughs> vertical just passing game. You know, let's ch- get that ch- right this all time. over the field, like, yeah, at a time, and then hopefully we put it all together in Lexington. I, I, hopefully, <laughs> I, you know, I, I want to see some balance, and I am very intrigued. Yeah. You know, Kentucky didn't. They had the, the, the Kentucky every Kentucky's very fascinating to me because I've said many times that you know those guys they have a, a way of scheduling they schedule I think probably two MAC teams and then an FCS team and then Louisville and that's it <laughs> out of conference and, and you look sort of down the road with the other schools in the league including Carolina oh there's home and homes with it, with a group of five teams of. Not South Carolina, but other teams. I think Carolina does have to go to App State in like 2032 now or something like that. Hopefully is, that'll fall off with a nine. Yeah. <laughs> you never know what's going to be going on by then. App State could be in the SEC or something. I'm, I'm just kidding oh, about that. Um, but uh, look, uh, you look, I mean, everybody has scheduled out quite a bit and in a creative manner and, and not an easy manner, not Kentucky. Um, so I say that to say they have one game a year usually. Last year it was Chattanooga where they don't show up against the one of the cupcakes and they struggle to win. And, and that happened against Northern Illinois uh, on uh, Saturday. Uh, Kentucky, I think, squeaked by by a touchdown. Yeah, gave them uh, a bit of a scare, man. Against those guys. Uh, and so I'm very interested to see what they do against Ole Miss this weekend. Uh, I, I think that's going to tell us a lot about who Kentucky really is. Because like, I don't, you know, that, that Florida game, Florida is such a a strange football team. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. the year one under a new coach. Yeah. Um, you know, they're down. It just it doesn't look consistent. Yeah, it, it's not. I mean, like Anthony Richardson goes off on Saturday against a Tennessee defense that I have questions about still. Um, but he did well and played in a loud Neyland Stadium. And Gators – you know, came back after falling by 17 and uh, lost by five. But, um, you know, I, so I don't, I don't, my point is about Kentucky, I don't know how much that win at Florida. Uh, it's either a great win and we don't know yet, or it's not such a great win and we don't know it yet because uh, it's just hard to tell. Um, John is one of our Pacific Northwesterners that uh, join us each and every day. So is Xavier. Morning from Twist, Washington this morning, fellas. Good win and keep building. Go Cox. Uh, Will says they needed that kind of game on Saturday. Do it again this week. Daniel goes, Dad, glad to see the run game come to life. Agreed. Doc Graybeard says, what's up? 76 Gamecock says, morning. Craig says, morning, my dudes. My dudes. The Craiger. Craiger. Doc says, a much-needed win. Have some concerns and still watching our upcoming opponents. uh, After watching our upcoming opponents play this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Who was – Oh, the, the the one that got me was A and M at Arkansas. Oh my uh, gosh, I yeah. could not believe. I mean, Arkansas got off such such a fast start, and I've sort of been hyping them and praising them. And you know, A and M's defense tightened up, and they did what they had to do to win the football game. Some mistakes by the Hogs in that one. Um, so A and M is not looking as as down. I still I'm not sure how much they're how good they are on offense. Uh, no, but it does look like the quarterback change was positive. Yeah, Max Johnson, I think, you know, uh, I think Haynes King is probably the more intriguing option, right? But I think Max Johnson is probably the better option right now, if that makes any sense for them. Kind of a solidifying 
uh, quarterback. I, I LSU, I thought it was one of those things where, you know, I, I never understood why Max Johnson wasn't the starter the entire time uh, down there. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Um, Doc Graybeer said fans showed out. My ears are still ringing. That's good. Mm-hmm. As for the worrisome, the injured defensive end position, maybe slide Brad Johnson back there for some downs just to help with depth. I don't think it's a terrible idea. Uh, but I, you know, Brad's moved around so much in his career with the Gamecocks. I mean, do you really want to move him again? I mean, is that mm-hmm. fair to that kid? And it doesn't look like he's know. playing better out of the linebacker mm-hmm. position that you know, he I has maybe, been. If I were them, I'd maybe go to a, a bigger a bigger look, uh, maybe, and uh, maybe slide a TJ. Even though TJ Sanders is three hundred and fifteen pounds, you know he's that he's that tall, you know, lean, lanky guy. Uh, maybe, maybe slide him out. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the answer. There's not a lot of answers there at all. Bam Martin Scott uh, is a player that um, they've talked about using some at edge or something, but uh, they're going to have to get a little bit creative there, I think, with it. Uh, Maine says, what do you think of Lloyd's physicality on Saturday? Seems like he's finally able to break some tackles, Phil. I, I thought I thought he ran fine, I'd, but I've never bought into he's not a physical running back. I think I think he's been out there trying to make plays uh, when there hadn't been a lot of room, and, and it maybe comes across like he's trying to bounce it out every time. Yeah, I, th- I think this is what you get. Yeah, this is the result of actually giving him a little bit more room to run. <laughs> yeah, at the point of attack, you know, it's like you're, you're giving him, giving him some some positive ability, and and he's taking off with it. Just, uh, I'm sorry, I got distracted by an email, but <laughs> Marshall played a hell of a game. <laughs> we we all do, we all do these days. I'll get texts and be like, "What the what in the world? Uh, what in the world?" You know. Uh, Doc says the free rushers coming at our quarterback is a real problem. We're going to see much better players ahead. That's true. You, you mm-hmm. got to you got to protect and shore up. I mean, it gets it looks like it gets a little better every week. Now a lot of that's uh, you know opponent, but I mean they had some lineup. I think who was it? Jakai Moore, I guess, played the whole game on Saturday mm-hmm. uh, along with Wanamaker. Um, so that you know Jakai and Wanamaker. I don't know that that's a bad lineup. You know, I, I think those two actually, when they've been in and been healthy, and, and Jakai hasn't been healthy, but Tyshawn has, they've been played, they've played well. They've well and I think, well. you know, you give them an advantage for having these two games being the ones they get to start and play the most in, you know, yeah. like build up confidence. And then you can use them, you know, going forward. I, I don't see why you wouldn't at this point from yeah. you know, the play has been. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Saunders says, I wonder if Hurricane Ian will pose any problem for Saturday's games. I, I doubt it. Uh, I know Scott Strickland, the, the AD at Florida, was tweeting about it earlier. That That's – talking to some folks in Florida, That those are the their concern down there. Um, I don't know if it will reach up to South Carolina or not, but hopefully not because, you know, how many how many games has, have been canceled around here for various weather reasons? You had to move one to Baton Rouge in 2015. Uh 2018, the Marshall game gets canceled, and the Gamecocks have to play Akron at the end. Yeah, but it's almost like uh, every other year, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. another move uh, uh, tw- to tw- Sunday. Yeah, 2016, Georgia got moved to Sunday, so yeah. uh, I don't know. I I, uh, I always thought you know you should play football in the rain <laughs> or, or the snow or whatever. Just pre- maybe not if there's like a a, a, a hurricane. You know, obviously mm-hmm. you don't. In a hurricane, but uh, that's uh, 
shoot, I mean, that's football. That's part of it, you know. So hopefully there's no all that. So, you know. Um, all right. So here we go. Nana Sports chat box. <laughs> oh, man. I, I lost my place here. Let's see. 76 Gamecocks. What? That's and, it. Yeah, just happy Lloyd, regardless of opponent. He's ter- terrific RB. Running back needs the ball. Definitely more carries on early downs while still mixing the pass in. Yeah, I mean, you got to maintain that balance. So, obviously, they were emphasizing the run game. The first drive had me a little concerned that we were going to see that same old script we've been looking at. Run, 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 run. Pass, yeah. Run. yeah. But then uh, the second drive was a lot more balanced. And you know what? Produced a touchdown as opposed to just a field goal. So maybe look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, Yeah, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I, I was a little concerned about that, too. The whole first half, really, it was just like, mm. oh, yeah. you know, second half, though, once they, if they're not stopping you, you may as well continue to run. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I didn't uh, mind it in the second half. It was just like a, uh, the first was where it was concerning. But yeah, yeah. Um, gotta love so- a soggy, wet Tiger game day. Yeah, game day is going to be in Clemson for NC State and Clemson. That was a heck of a back and forth ball game between the Tigers and Wake. Fifty-one forty-five. I mean, it looked, looked for a while there like Clemson was not going to win that game, but uh, they oh, did. Yeah. And they're all, the <laughs> yeah, their fans, <laughs> their fans are sitting there wondering why the defense didn't didn't play it as well. They had a lot of injuries in the secondary. I'm not, I'm not saying their defense has been as good as advertised at all this year, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be interesting to see Clemson play an NC State team that I think physically. On defense, you, you kind of look at their players. They got they got players. I mean, big guys that can run. Uh, should be interesting to see what happens in Death Valley Saturday night. But that's uh, that, that's going to be interesting. So, um, Easy the Goat says, "Morning, fellas. It's time to change the bus narrative on Birch. Kid's playing his butt off. Light bulb's starting to come on. Not many people talking about his play. I I think he is. I mean, I think there's sometimes he gets sucked inside. Sometimes he's probably not as physical as you'd like." if you broke him down play to play, but that that's, you know, I think sometimes when we see a guy that has five stars uh, by his name as a recruit or, or even a guy that's supposed to be um, talented enough uh, to make all conference like Birch is, you, you kind of expect perfection. And so you forget about the eight plays he did right. And you focus on the two he didn't do. Uh, I, I'm not, a, you know, I, I'm not a fan of evaluating guys that way, but uh, some folks do. But you're right, he's he, he's playing well, and they're going to need him to continue to come on. Um, Clint says there will be a lot more vertically in the passing game Saturday. We'll see. I'm tired of watching the ball go sideways out of Rattler's hand. It's a little so, frustrating. Well, yeah. Hunter says, I think they can take a game to be a close one. They don't look good as everyone hyped them up to be. Yeah, I'd also be aware be aware of that, though, because last year, the, the week before they come to Columbia, they almost lost to Chattanooga. I think Lorenzo Ward is Chattanooga's defensive coordinator, too, for those <laughs> of you that keep a score at home. Uh, the, the Chattanooga offense, I think, rolled up 400 yards, and, and they couldn't stop them from running. There was a kid from South Carolina actually running the ball for Chattanooga. Uh, and then the next week, you saw what happened. You know, they completely shut down Carolina's run game. Uh, they outrushed the Gamecocks 224 to 40. <laughs> there was one good offensive drive and then a whole lot of miscues after uh, Kentucky turnovers. So um, we'll see. I mean, I I, I think it, it is positive that they, they probably don't look 
great in, in every game. Uh, we'll see what happens against Ole Miss. But, I, like, I, I've seen that before out of Kentucky. You know, they'll have that one game where they're all scratching their heads against a cupcake. And, and then, you know, it's a different story. So, mm-hmm. uh, Easy says Florida's two plays away from being 0-4. That's true. South yeah. Florida almost beat them, and Utah almost beat them two plays away. Um, Doc says we need rain badly, but come on Sunday. <laughs> Should we do a rain dance? You know, we like a, like a, like a, like a, like a try it out. I'll get that little Mar- Mary McCheese figurine and I'll, you know, rub its head with essential oils. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, just put, yeah, put a bubble over the game and then let it rain afterward, before and after the game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Clint says maybe let Hemingway slide out in place of DN. I, I would probably think about that seriously. Mm-hmm. Tonka's playing pretty well on the interior, but you know, you, you could you can kind of justify it if you have, uh, you know, you could get more snaps for Sanders and Barrett. Uh, I think if you do that, and Webb's fine out there, um, for now, but uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind, you know, I, they probably need to do something, and Tonka's big and strong enough to really set the edge. You know, I, I think, you know, is he a, is he a, you know, one of those pass rushing gurus out there? And I don't, I don't know. I think he's 300 pounds, but uh, I would think about that. Uh, Chris says brutal way to lose by Missouri. Yeah. 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 Man, they had it and they love, they missed a 26 yard field goal. And then, I mean, it, it just, that was, that was an ugly, what an ugly game <laughs> right. between mm-hmm. Auburn and Mizzou and, uh, Auburn wins and survives, and and, and there's a poll on the I think our Auburn board that says what game will get Harson fired. Uh, but by the way, speaking of fire, Jeff Collins out at Georgia Tech along with their AD Todd yep. Stansberry. They're cleaning house there. Uh, we do have a poll question up today on thebigspur.com and also on Twitter. Uh, it's kind of a topical thing about scheduling. So the Gamecocks most years, not all years, most years schedule an in-state. FCS team, or they schedule uh, a uh, you know like coastal. That's that's the only other category because they're FBS but group of five. Um, so the question is, you know, South Carolina schedules in-state FCS programs or FBS level coastal nearly every season. Is that something you like? And uh, the four options are: yes, keep the money in state; no, I'd like to see better variety; yes, but stop playing triple option teams like IE. Uh, what Wofford used to be or what the Citadel is, <laughs> those teams. Uh, and then the, the last one was I don't care. Uh, I don't care is like second in the poll on the big spur. Uh, triple, the, yes, but stop the triple option. That's 48% so far uh, of the respondents. And uh, you can go vote with that on Twitter. Right now, Twitter is yes, but no triple option. And yes, uh, 70% combined with that. I do not care is last. So the people on Twitter care more about the people than the people in the Big Spur. Um, so, so we'll see kind of what happens there. That's today's poll question. Uh, all right, more chat box coming up. We got the iHealth Consulting mailbag. We're going to peek into after this as we continue to, uh, you know, interact with you guys on a Monday. I got a, I'm having a little like brain things right now. I'm like, uh, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. It's probably I got a case of the Mondays, right? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, right. So Phil JC will be back after these messages. <laughs> 
on in just as your state farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates you can combine your home auto life or small business insurance with tony pope state farm insurance today and guess what you'll get that's right even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates in fact tony pope state farm is your go-to agent anywhere in south carolina north carolina or georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want so try combining your home life auto and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271 or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all 
ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20 plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter at Mer Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to Escape. Big Spur at Manchester. Free worldwide shipping. Uh, first hour, as always, is presented by Cindy Searfoss, uh, Coldwell Banker Kane Realty here in the upstate, right in Spartanburg. Give Cindy a call, 864-414-5271 for all of your residential real estate needs. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. J.C. Sherbert, Phil Mullinax here uh, on an Interaction Monday, Review Monday. Gamecocks, of course, uh, do have a game this weekend. They play South Carolina State, the Bulldogs lost, I think, to North Carolina A&T this past weekend. They're one and two. Um, opened with the UCF. Uh, I, I thought they had some good moments early in that game, and then there was a fake punt that was one of the craziest-looking plays I've ever seen in my life. Uh, kid takes off around the right side. He keeps going. He's going to get a first down, maybe a touchdown. And inexplicably, like 15 yards down the field, he just punts the ball. Yeah. I was like, ooh, man. Ooh. Uh, but certainly I have a lot of respect for the South Carolina State program, Buddy Pugh, uh, what they're all about, their 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 program, their team, uh, HBCU football in general. Uh, really enjoy it uh, watching it. And, and, you know, during the pandemic, uh, you know, they moved their seasons to, to the, the spring. Uh, they played football in the spring. So I, I kind of adopted Alabama State as my team because my buddy was coaching there and I watched, you know, we sat here and watched Alabama State games during the spring, so that, that was fun. But, uh, you know, they got some players. Bennett Swigert, uh, former Gamecock quarterback, their offensive coordinator. Uh, and they'll come in here fired up. Uh, you know, they always do uh, when they, they play the Gamecocks. It's right down the road. You know, that they always like to get a shot uh, at Clemson or Carolina. Uh, their kids come in and play hard, so the Gamecocks are going to have to be ready. They can't just roll the balls out and kick it off and expect to have a beautiful game. Uh, on Saturday afternoon, but um, you know that's uh, lots of talk today about moving people to DN <laughs> in the Nana Sports chat box. Um, so we'll see. You know, Tonka could probably do it. I just I haven't heard anything um, about that so far. Uh, Ryan says about the hurricane. Latest models have it trending north toward the Panhandle and coming up through Georgia into South Carolina. Yeah, I just, you know, how, how will it dissipate by then? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you just got to wonder how strong it'll be being, you know, not coming in from the Atlantic side, but coming in from the Gulf. I mean, you know, yeah. you put up some neurological stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, we can, air pressure and, you know. <laughs> air pressure and stuff like that. I don't I don't know that I'd be, like, terrible at that. But, um, <clears throat> you know. We had a friend with uh, perpetual weather and climate in college, didn't we? Maybe we can give him a call. What was it that his knee started hurting? It was like, my knee's hurting. That means it's going to rain. I'm like, you're 21 years old, not 60. <laughs> yeah, my, knee, my knee hurts. That means it's going to rain. Elbows tingling. That means a tornado. You know, whatever. <laughs> give, give me some tortellinis. <laughs> you know? uh, Craig says, Craig says, concert in Charleston may get canceled Friday. Uh, that's yeah. tough. 
Um, Clint and Hunter both about Clemson's defensive coordinator. Clemson is missing Venables. Not impressed with Goodwin's uh, defensive coordinator so far. Yeah, I, I did think he did at the end of the game, uh, kind of when they needed it. Uh, he, he did some good stuff. But, look, it's hard to – you know what Brent Venables does on defense and the way he calls it is very is it's unique. Uh, it's almost like Steve Spurrier calling it on offense. Um, I don't know if we'll look back and consider Brent Venables one of the best defensive play callers in the history of the game, but you know he, he lets the play co- clock go down. He's reading the D. He's he, and he, he does it all in like a split, you know, second. And I think that takes a, a lot of gifted ability to do that. So I don't, you know, I, I don't know that Wes is, uh, the West Goblin's a bad hire for them or just not Brent Venables, you know? Right. I mean, that's just, uh, that's just one of those things, but uh, their defense certainly um, is not as dominant as we thought it would be uh, so far. And Wake got, Wake got after him pretty good. So we'll see what the Wolfpack can do Saturday night against them. Um Wake should have won last drive. Regulation was bad play call, and I agree. I agree. It's hard. It's hard with Wake to like come down on the play calling, right? At Wake, because I think that's kind of what they're good at. So, but that's the deal. Um, lady says, uh, Lady Bree, I literally break down every game play by play. I didn't see a lot of free rushes coming through. I didn't run a lot of pass plays, and we did. There wasn't much pressure. Yeah, I think. I think. Uh, wasn't there a blitz or something where a linebacker got through Saturday night? Or, or is that just something we've seen just about every um, – You know, there's always one where the linebacker comes through. I think we did get some uh, pressure off the edge, but I don't think it was edge defender. I think we were bringing it's like either a corner or maybe a linebacker yeah. off the edge. I, I can't remember. I did not rewatch the game this week. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, lady goes on to say, I've been saying Birch and Pickens are doing great at getting penetration, but they're missing the big plays. Fair. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because even Beamer said, I mean, you know, there were times where we just didn't get sacks where we should have, and that was in the post game. So, I mean, and you could see we were getting close, but just couldn't wrap up. Yeah. Uh, Daddy O says, is Harson officially done? I don't think – I mean, they won. <laughs> I mean, it's like the clock is ticking, right? And, and look, Georgia Tech I, – I, I, I hate that Jeff Collins got – I mean, Georgia Tech had a pretty – spirited outing uh, against UCF. They lost, but, uh, you know, still, I thought they played a lot better and looked a lot better, but just, uh, (laughs) uh, I don't know. I mean, whoever got that Georgia Tech job, uh, it was a five-year rebuild. Uh, And then with the pandemic and the transfer portal uh, coming online like it did, I think that doomed Jeff Collins before it got started because, you know, when you have your, your, your best player like Jameer Gibbs just walk out and go to Alabama, um, that's tough. You know, when you have a, a stadium against Georgia, no matter how much Georgia Tech, how unlikely it was for them to be even in that game, uh, when Georgia comes in and takes over your stadium and there's a sky shot and it's a sea of red and black and you're in Atlanta and not Athens, uh, that's going to tick off the the Tech money people. And they, they don't have a huge fan base at Georgia Tech, but they do have some influential uh, supporters of that program that are probably just sick of it. Um, yeah. So there you go. And then you bring up an interesting point about the transfer portal, JC, and that we all, you know, kind of figure, you know, we look at it from a school who's done well in bringing players in, but there is an entirely different perspective out there of even, you know, 
power five programs who are losing players, you know, such mm -hmm. as Georgia Tech losing Jameer Gibbs. And it's just something to bear in mind in this time <laughs> because it's like, yeah, there's two sides to the two sides to the story. And one team might be getting worse as another gets better. Arkansas, you know, brought it, lost a lot of players in the portal and then brought in a lot of players from through the portal this year. And I thought, I thought they were kind of interesting. Uh, with what they did, because I think I think obviously there's some guys they got that helped them, you know, and obviously yeah. there's some guys they sort of maybe miss that went elsewhere, and uh, that's uh, they're an interesting case study. South Carolina hadn't been really hit by a bunch of transfer portal departures, no. you know. I mean, uh, you had the guys that opted out when Muschamp first got fired, and then you know you've had some guys leave and, and go elsewhere, but not uh, not to the extent of some schools. So. The Gamecocks have been fortunate. I think. I think you know when people talk about culture, Phil. Mm -hmm. uh, these days, that's kind of what that means. You, you need to have a good. You need to have a place where kids like to be there and, and right. enjoy it. Uh, in South Carolina, that type of place. I mean, you, you talk to the players; uh, they love being at South Carolina. You know, the recruits love being at South. So that's. Uh, I think that's what when you talk about culture, that's what's important. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, Sugar Ray, good morning, JC and Phil. Interesting trend regarding the hangover effect of playing the Gamecocks. Arkansas, Missouri State, and UGA, Kent State. Thus far, we do seem to get most teams' best shot. Thoughts? Well, you're going to get Georgia's best shot because it's the first SEC road game, and you're going to get Arkansas's best shot because it's the SEC opener uh, in Fayetteville. And so I get it. Uh, you know, I thought Arkansas, Missouri State was – a situation where they came out, Arkansas came out flat, made some mistakes, and Petrino was dialed in as a play caller, and they jumped up on them, and then Arkansas woke up and dominated the game. You know, Georgia, Kent State, Phil, surprised me. Right. Uh, the spread was 44 and a half, uh, so I took Kent State because that's just a lot of points. And, you know, you look at what Georgia did against Sanford, they got up 30 nothing and shut it down the second half. But, but I'll say this, the, the guy that coaches Kent State, Sean Lewis, uh, and they played a bunch of good teams. I mean, they played uh, they played some good teams this year and lost. They played Oklahoma. Uh, I know they played Georgia, and they played somebody else that's good. Um, but that guy can coach. I mean, he he's uh, he's, he's a Chicago guy. He played at uh, – named Sean Lewis – Chicago uh, native, he played at um, Wisconsin. I thought Illinois should have hired him over Brett Bielema. Uh, mm -hmm. Young guy, dynamic offense. Uh, you, you watch. That, that'll be one of the – he probably will be the next good coach coming out of uh, out of the MAC. Um, and they did well. You know, they didn't have a whole lot of yards. Georgia turn, – the turnovers finally got to Georgia, and then Carolina the second half Saturday started getting them. So maybe the turnover uh, gods or whatever that are out there. Maybe maybe we should get uh, Mayor McCheese and rub him with essential oils for the turnover gods. That's and right. Not, yeah. uh, not necessarily the weather. Not necessarily the weather. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get I'm gonna get right on that. Making a shrine, you know, <laughs> with Mayor McCheese. Put him in the slot. Make like three or four different shrines. Put him in the yeah. slot that we need that week. Yeah, <laughs> here we go. Man. Get some of Jabu. Uh, get some of Jabu's rum. You drink Jabu's rum. It's it's bad, very bad. To quote Major League, um, Colin says I see five wins with Missouri and Vandy being the others. We'll need an upset somewhere for the sixth. I don't know. 
I mean, Colin, I, teams change. I'll say this. There's no reason why Carolina can't compete and win some of those other games. I mean, Kentucky, A&M, Clemson, Tennessee. Uh, yeah, they've probably to date played better. But are they better? I mean, are, are they a team that, you know, it's impossible for the Gamecocks to defeat? No. No. Uh, so, I don't know. I'm not going to concede anything right now. But at the same time, you know, uh, do we know that the offense has been fixed? No, we don't. You know, I'd, I'd be a liar if I was sitting here and, and told you that today. Um, I do think sometimes games like that can get your players the confidence and, and the, the uh, courage. Uh, I kind of sound like Frank Martin there. Uh, the courage to go out and 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 have a good game against another team because they they've done it. You know, when you're getting shut down all year, it's like a here and a bad play happens, it can snowball. It's a here we go again thing. But but if you have you know a big game, uh, you're coming off a big game where things finally clicked. Uh, you know, hopefully two of them. Uh, sometimes you, you, your kids, your players, they 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 don't realize. You know, it's almost like they don't realize. Oh, we're playing a much better team. Uh, and they just keep playing because they're in rhythm and locked in and, and know what works and kind of, you know, all that. So we'll see. Uh, Doc says Vandy isn't a penciled in, in win. The Bama game was just a bad match, but they've played better. Yeah, they have, and Bama's a tough matchup for anybody. No, yeah. uh, and Hunter says Vandy always plays us tight. Yeah, last year. That game in Nashville is not a, a given. Uh, they're going to beat somebody this year. They, they're they're too good on offense. Uh at times with, with their quarterback. Uh, I think he's still playing. Um, and uh, they'll, they'll beat somebody. So if South Carolina, and they're not going to be, I'm telling you, of all the teams on their schedule, they're not going to be afraid of South Carolina because they should have won that game last year. Yeah. Uh, and so and it's up there in November after some big games, before some big games. I mean, you, you got to kind of be, you wait. that This show that week, will be full of, like, um, I don't know, warning signs. <laughs> right. uh, a red light, like flashing light warning, warning. Um, Danger. <laughs> yeah, and so so there we go. And Lady Bree says, I see, I th- I th- he says, I see the potential for more than six. It's all about Lexington. We'll know then. Until then, be patient with the process and think positive thoughts. Energy matters, y'all. Of course. Um, if you've never been to an SC State game and heard their band play, they're fantastic. Lots of fun. They are. Uh, Doc says, if we don't get pressure, Levis, will, it'll be a long night, probably. Um, here we go. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Collins says, Clemson finally dropped their safeties. Baffled me. Godwin didn't do it earlier. Just let their corners get toasted for three and a half quarters. Uh, Craiger, Deion Sanders to Georgia Tech. If I am Georgia Tech, you know, you're looking at this and saying you can go one of two ways, right? Um, you hired Jeff Collins, who was essentially a recruiter, you know, had some good year, good run at Mississippi State and at Florida under Mullen. And then, you know, he kind of got in the Temple Owls football training program because uh, they had like a streak there, like Golden and Matt Rule. And then mm-hmm. Jeff Collins, they're, they're all getting jobs. Manny Diaz had that job for like a couple of days and, you know, but uh, it, 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 you know, so Jeff Collins, Atlanta native, uh, hired a staff that was familiar with tech. Uh, the idea was to go recruit, and then the portal, of course, got him. And it, I just don't think he ever had the players to go out and compete. And I don't think that, you know, when you look at how they were coached and kind of their plan, 
Uh, I don't know that that plan will help you overcome talent deficiencies. Uh, and so, so what I think you're looking at is, okay, uh, do we go the Deion Sanders route, give him tons of cash to go or enough, you know, however much cash Georgia Tech has now, uh, you know, and uh, get him good coordinators. I think he's got good coordinators at Jackson State. Uh, Deion Sanders, obviously, in the history of Atlanta sports, uh, he, his name means something. I mean, the guy returned to kickoff for a touchdown for the Falcons and hit a home run for the Braves, I think, in the same day. I'm not – yeah. He's I'm an not, icon. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's an icon. So do you do that and say, <clears throat> we're going to be the house that Dion built, which you kind of did last time. Now, that's not Dion Sanders. Jeff Collins is not Dion Sanders, but you kind of went the recruiting route last time. Uh, or do you go get somebody that's sort of, you know, good and stable? Uh, do you go get Sean Lewis from Kent? Uh, do you go and say, okay, we have to be, while we're building this thing, uh, a special prep on offense like we were under Paul Johnson, but we can't we can't go run what Paul Johnson wanted to run. Um, so, so do you go and get Jamie Chadwell from Coastal? Uh, is that the job where Chadwell lands? You know, because he kind of in the in the region, you know, and mostly in the state of South Carolina, uh, Chadwell's won at some very tough places: Charleston Southern, North Greenville. Those aren't easy jobs. Uh, when you talk about South Carolina, taking over Coastal for Joe Mowgli, that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, and I think with his recruiting connections and their ability to find players, you know, recruiting may not be ranked in the top 25, but who cares? You know, there are enough players in Georgia that you can go put something together and then go elsewhere and get guys, uh, and you plug them into a system. I think we've all seen Georgia Tech can win. Um, so that's that going to be an interesting matchup, uh, I think. Um, Doc says PJ Fleck needs a shot. Uh, he gets players. Minnesota dude can sell ice to Eskimos. He can, and uh, it'll be very interesting to see if he lands big win for him over uh, over uh, Michigan State. Beat the crap out of them. Yeah, they did. The Golfers, Golfers, Gol Golfers, Gol Golfers. Uh, Saunders says Mayor McCheese and Officer Big Mac are frauds. They can never check, catch the hamburger, but they're all burgers. Coincidence? I think not. Are you? Are you? Are you? Sonder, Are you? Are you suggesting there's corruption in McDonald Land? Some sort of political catch and release program going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They keep. They keep. There's no cash bail, so the hamburger just signs himself out and goes right. rubble, 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 uh, rubble, rubble, rubble. That's all he ever said was rubble, 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 rubble. What the hell was wrong with him? <laughs> they didn't need to come cheeseburgers, man. <laughs> a Donald movie where he speaks like a sentence for the the first time. I don't know. Um, Sonder says Tech would have to lower their academic standards for Dion to succeed. Uh, I think they need to really kind of take a look at how hard is it, you know, to get into Georgia Tech, really. Really. I mean, I know they have – they sort of have a program called management that they kind of funnel their athletes into. Um, because, like, no, nah, the other degrees you get from there are, like, ridiculously hard. You know, right. you yeah. can't go to Georgia Tech and get a history degree, right? And not, not, that's not hard. I mean, I love history. I'd probably go back and get a history degree just for fun right now. But uh, 
you know, you, you they don't have like an education deal, like where you can go be a teacher or anything like that. So, I mean, it's all like nuclear physicist, uh, nuclear physics, you know, biomedical engineering. I mean, things that make my head explode. Uh, and so what are they doing athletically to get guys in? Because they haven't always had these insane standards down there. I mean, they, they've had players that have come through there. That, so I don't know. I don't know. You can go yeah. in there like Lou Holtz at Notre Dame and just be like, listen, we got to ease it up if you want to have a program. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Caddyshack Mondays, John Thompson says. He said, check me if I'm wrong, but if I go out and kill all the golfers, and they're going to lock me away and throw away the key, Carl. <laughs> um, Sugar Ray says, with Jordan Burks' temperament, could you see him play tight end on the next level? He doesn't seem to have the mean streak needed for DN. I'd give him a shot, a, a chance, Sugar Ray. Just just wait. He's getting, he's playing a lot tougher than he did, and he seems to get better every week. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Will says, I don't think – I think Fleck would hold out for a better job than Georgia Tech. Uh, yeah, I you know – and look, you're also talking about money. Minnesota's a Big Ten school. They have money. Uh, Georgia Tech is not going to pay P.J. Fleck what it takes to get him there, uh, you know, because he's going to need over and above what Minnesota. They may, there may be a buyout. I think Row the Boat's next job will be somewhere really uh, that makes – that's a clear step up from Minnesota. Um, I could see, you know, an SEC gig. With him, I could see another Nebraska job, maybe the Nebraska. Nebraska, if I had to, Nebraska, I mean, that 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 would be an intriguing fit for him, you know. But I shoot, Phil, I don't know who's gonna take that gig. I don't either. I'm just like, man, you know, that's a after after your golden boy, Scott Frost, uh, comes in and goes 19 games below 500, that's a tough sell to somebody else. Yeah, you know, you're gonna I mean, need you know, year commitments. You're gonna need like, yeah, we're gonna be. This is a five year rebuild kind of deal, and yeah, because you're gonna have to make the program yours, whoever goes there. Yeah, uh, I, it is interesting. Jared, Jared says, would Florida State fire Mike Norvell to block Georgia Tech from hiring Dion? I, you know, Jared, I, that's the old Kirby Smart thing, right? <laughs> I don't think so. They're very happy with Mike Norvell right now. They're winning again. Uh, it's and you know, and I thought they went over Boston. Got boy, Boston College. Wow, Whew, they're bad. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I just think that you know, if, if Norvell was sitting at two and two or something like that, then maybe you know that would be something. But I, I just can't see FSU doing it. Um, Doc points out, Flake lives in Minnesota versus Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's a good coach. I don't know, man. I've never, I never really enjoyed. I never really liked uh, living in Atlanta. I, I like Atlanta. I like going. Mm-hmm. I like the teams, but I've li- I lived there twice now. I don't, I don't think I'll ever live there again unless it just calls for it. Uh, Craig Craiger says, "Let Nebraska take Mark Stoops." Yeah, I don't see that. If you were Mark Stoops. <laughs> Would you go to Nebraska? I wouldn't. <laughs> well, I probably wouldn't either. I, I I think Iowa, where where he went, where he went to school, where all and his brothers went to school, that that could be something because you know it's the alma mater. But you know, and now look, if if it's hard right now too though, because the Big Ten is going to do away with their divisions. I think, 
And so right now you're kind of looking at the Nebraska job versus Wisconsin and Minnesota and Purdue and Illinois and those teams in that Western Northwestern and that, and that, and by the way, Northwestern, whew, they lost to Miami of Ohio. <laughs> Jeez. Not having but, a good run here back on the home continent. Yeah, yeah, the home continent. <laughs> America has not been kind to Northwestern University. Um, but so, if you looked at it from that standpoint, I think if you're Mark Stoops, you, you know, path of least resistance. You, Nebraska's probably that because who are you? Who are you trying to get by uh, in that division? Basically, Wisconsin. Sometimes Iowa will cycle up and they're good, and Minnesota's a pain in people's butt right now, but. You know, Nebraska as a program is historically better. Um, and so you're not – you're if you're not, you know, part of a division structure as, as, as what's going to happen when Southern Cal and UCLA join that league, uh, then all of a sudden you're looking up at Ohio State and everybody else. And I think that's, that's, that's the, 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 the issue with that job uh, right now is that you, you don't know – where you really your your place, I guess, uh, in the Big Ten. But I, I do think somebody like Mark Stoops, one of these guys that does a whole lot more with less, uh, would be a perfect fit uh, for the Huskers' job. But we'll wait and see who they got. You know, um, Sugar Ray says I thought Bam Martin Scott and DeAndre Martin were pleasant surprises despite the competition. Yeah, DeAndre is going to be good. Yeah. A lot of upside there, and uh, it, it's been good to see Bam Martin Scott, even though it's been late when he's got in the last two weeks, get in there and make plays. Uh, Juco kid uh, from that uh, was hurt last year, got there late, but from Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, originally. Speaking of Big Ten country, uh, I think he does a lot of good things uh, naturally. So hopefully he keeps coming along uh, because I, I agree with you. I, I thought he made one really good play against Georgia where he dissected it and came right up and. Stop him in the backfield. So uh, we'll see sort of uh, what happens. See, see sort of what happens. So, um, all right, we got to roll. It's the top of the hour already, Phil. It is. We made it. All right. I help consulting mailbag coming up on the other side, plus more interaction on the chat box. Uh, and we'll continue to discuss <laughs> the win over Charlotte. Uh, Gamecocks 56, Charlotte 20. That's uh, – Largest scoring output of the Beamer era. Um, All offense. Uh, yeah. For the first time, uh, I'm trying to think if there was another. All right, so it's probably it's the first time since that Charleston Southern game where the Gamecocks, have, Gamecocks beat them 72-10, to 10, uh, where the Gamecocks kind of ran it up offensively. So uh, that's good. It's always good to, to kind of get lathered up a little bit. And you start thinking about this, it's like, you know, if this were game one, everybody would be like, yeah! yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's not. It's game four. So anyway, Phil and I will be back after these messages inside the Gamecocks of Shell. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are, Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die. Our Gamecock fan has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. 
right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email csearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Sydney Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low, too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? One zero zero one is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, hey, folks, JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there, food truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. This is Braylon Wimmer, South Carolina Gamecock Baseball, and you are listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Go Cox! Thank you, Braylon. We appreciate that. And of course, the second hour of Inside the Gamecocks is brought to you by the Burgess team at Remax by the Lake. Uh, give Adam or Eric a uh, call or shoot them an email. 
and they will take care of all your commercial real estate needs. And of course, the show is sponsored by Manscaped. Don't forget manscaped.com. Use the code Big Spur to get 20% off and free worldwide shipping. All right. Be sure to do that. Manscaped.com. 20% off. Code Big Spur. Free worldwide shipping. All that good stuff. Um, we appreciate Manscaped and all of our sponsors. All right. The second hour inside the Gamecast show. Phil Ball next. JC Sherbert. Coming off of a win Saturday, 56 to 20. Gamecast now 2 and 2 on the season. 0 oh and 2 in the SEC. South Carolina State this weekend. Uh, and then they. Uh, Go up to Kentucky. That, that, that game, the, the storm. Speaking of storms, I think the clouds are circling and forming for that game to be uh, really a a gigantic deal uh, in, in this early phase of the Beamer era at South Carolina. Um, <laughs> Kentucky is in the top ten. You know, I think they're up to number seven by now. Uh, and so that sounds crazy to say top ten team on the road got to go win, but. Uh, I don't think the Gamecocks matched up particularly well with Arkansas or Georgia. Um, I think I think the Gamecocks against Arkansas probably had more opportunity to go downfield. They just misfired on it a bunch. Uh, Georgia certainly was a mismatch, but I think the Gamecocks can match up against Kentucky. I'm not. Uh, I, I know the history of this series, the last nine games, but if you look, they're usually pretty close football games, like competitive. I gave you guys have a, have a lot of that. All right. Back to the Nana Sports chat box. Um, Sonder, anything notable from the recruiting visits this weekend? I'm, I'm just told everything went pretty well. Uh, the unofficial visitors were good. Um, obviously, I, I think, uh, who was it? That, uh, Isaiah Jada took his official visit. Uh, Marky Anderson was there. You know, uh, the recruits are loving the visits because uh, of the new lights and, you know, it's kind of a cool environment to be in, right? <laughs> and you guys have a lot to do with it, the fans. I mean, honestly, I I, uh, I think too many times around here we've called out the fan base, um, sometimes with good reason, uh, sometimes not. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, I want to make sure that I point out the positives, you know, when, when they happen. I mean, that was uh, probably the single most best, the, the, the bestest, best is sitting word, the bestest thing about this year, right? Uh, so most, far, it's been been the fan support showing up to the games. I mean, yeah, for guys. sure. Hey, and uh, shout out to the uh, student section, the cockpit, for actually being there when we were up twenty one points in the second half. So yeah, they were still there. <laughs> they hung in. They hung in. So Mike says, "How many screen passes will SC State run after the way we defended them last Saturday?" Oh, I mean, you got to at least try it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think I think they will. Uh, I, I think they'll probably go to that well early and often. You know, they watch film. They have coaches. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Sugar Ray says Boogie Huntley was a difference maker on the D line too. He pushed the Charlotte offensive line when he was inserted. Looks like he doesn't have a lingering issue from his knee injury. Yeah, Boogie's good. Boogie's a good player. They missed him when he went out against Arkansas. I thought, but um, you know, he there's a there is a drop off when he goes to the bench and they bring in Webb or whoever else, you know. So, yeah. so we'll see uh, if Boogie continues to play well. Uh, I really like what I saw. Um, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. Uh, Carolina Titans says put Brooks, Wells, Jaheim, and Brown at wide receiver, Marshawn at running back, and just run tempo. That would be interesting. 
I, I think so. Uh, you could work Stogner in there too. Hey, it's good for a series or two. I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I, I really don't. Uh, yeah, I really don't have a problem with that at all. <laughs> I mean, if we're so. see, you know, Rucker downfield like he was there at the end of the game. I realize it was the end of the game, but I mean, you know, it was like, hey, there, look, there's Corey Rucker. Yeah, Corey, <laughs> so hey, Corey Rucker guys on the field. Yeah, he uh, he he was having a really good preseason before the, the mm-hmm. foot injury. Seems like he's fine now, so that's good. That, that's really good. Um, for him. All right, I help consulting mailbag is brought to you by I help consulting. How can I help you? Um, Doc, Doc says every win matters. And there's two, by the way, two ways to get in the mailbag inside the game packs at gmail.com uh, or tweet to at the big spur pod. Uh, Doc says every W matters, no matter the level of competition. That said, I'm still quite concerned about the balance of the season. I saw free rushers coming at Spencer and then Luke all night. Uh, that Reynolds quarterback had not one grass stain on his jersey very close to halftime. Now, once we started rushing him and stopped panicking, when the ball was in the air, I thought the defense played better. I have to say, based on what I saw from the other team Saturday, we only may only get one, two maybe wins in the SEC. What do you think based on what you've observed? I, I'm not ready to go there. I, I mean, what, what, are we scared of Florida because they went up and down the field on the Tennessee defense that's not supposed to be – probably supposed to be bad? I mean, are, are we scared of Kentucky because they're – you know, they've owned the Gamecocks and – they have a lofty ranking based on a win over Florida. I mean, uh, are we scared of A&M, which still can't score? I don't know, Phil. What do you think? Uh, you know, I don't know. There there were some concerns on the defensive side of the football. Obviously, I think we're more glaring than the offensive in the first half, but it looked like adjustments were made, you know, even before going into halftime. So I was happy to see that. It's like, okay, they've changed, you know, something and that something's working now. Uh, I'm not – exactly sure what it was because like I said I didn't rewatch the game but I'm not scared of anybody left on the schedule I mean it seems like there are there's one dominant team I, I may take Alabama out of that because <laughs> you know they played Vanderbilt to what yeah. expectations would be but Georgia still looks dominant I mean you know they they did let Kent State score some points, but I don't think that's going to be very concerning. <laughs> Look for them to bounce back this week. <laughs> yeah, they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be okay. I think they're going to be okay. So still, I'm, just, I'm still of the opinion the two hardest games we had to play are behind us. There's not a you know an automatic L left on the schedule, assuming that you execute, you know, yeah. and play hard and give it everything you got. You go in there half-assed, you're going to get your ass handed to you by somebody. And that yeah. even happened Saturday. So, you know, yeah. any, any given Saturday. <laughs> it's, there's no doubt. I mean, Missouri uh, – I mean, Auburn obviously has a lot of problems. <laughs> uh, but Missouri should have won that game. Our guy, Michael Bratton, called that like uh, – that's what I love about guys like Mike Bratton, man. It's like – and for those of you who don't know, he's from the, that SEC podcast – uh, you know, not many dudes are sitting there talking about a week three or week four Missouri Auburn up potential upset. Because <laughs> when you look at Auburn's schedule, you know, they open with five home games, and that Penn State game was going to be big, and then LSU comes to town next week for them. But, but my man circled that Missouri game, was like, hey, they're gonna they could go in there and win. Doggone it, they almost did, yeah. Um, you know, and, and but Missouri, they, they have not been. They have not had what I call a Missouri moment 
Uh, and that's in a positive way. Maybe maybe that was a Missouri moment when they lost uh, Saturday, when they missed the field goal, a 26-yarder. Yeah. We can relate around South Carolina to Missouri missed field goals that are potential game time. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, the, the Missouri moment for me is like, you know, all of a sudden you, you're watching them through the course of the season and they're up and down. And then all of a sudden you go, wow, you know, the, this what they did right here will give the Gamecocks some trouble. <laughs> and that happens with them every year. I mean, I haven't seen that yet. Um, that is a home game. And, again, South Carolina has no business losing. Uh, uh, they really have no business losing at Vandy, but I'm going to agree with everybody that that could be an issue, uh, that they're good enough to pull. Vandy's good enough if Carolina does not play well to pull the upset. And maybe uh, that's the scariest game left on the schedule. Yeah. Just from, you know, an expectation standpoint. Yeah. It's like, ooh. Go lose. Because it's been a long time. You know, <laughs> I think uh, last time Carolina lost to Vandy was 08, which was the last time Clemson lost to Wake Forest. Think about that. Now, you know, or they tried Wake. this weekend. Boy, that was um, so, so, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I think if you want to dock it now, look, if, if Carolina comes out and plays like they did against Georgia and does some of the things they did against Arkansas, yeah, it's going to be hard to win. I mean, you know, AM is going to come into Columbia probably, you know, they're going to probably lose to Alabama. <laughs> uh, and then they have an open date, but they've had, they've gotten back up and won two massively big games. Uh, in a low-scoring fashion. So they're going to bring a really good defense to town and a good running game, you know. And then that's scary if you're South Carolina because you, you, you haven't, you know, moved it away, moved the ball well against good defenses and you can't stop the run or you couldn't mm-hmm. stop the run. Uh, you've struggled stopping the run. So, you know, that's a recipe to come in and get a road win for the Aggies. That said, A&M doesn't seem to have the firepower they did last year. They're, they're very, very pedestrian on offense, even with Max Johnson being kind of a solidifying force. I mean, they're going to be a let's run it on you, run pro style and punt the ball and play, play field position type of team. Uh, and at home, you can beat a team like that. You know, I, I think, you know, Kentucky's beatable. I, I, I think they're good, but let's not make them out to be the Green Bay Packers right now. You know, I, I think Tennessee is quite good as far as uh, the way they can move the ball. I mean, they're they're one of the only teams in the country that scored every time they've been in the red zone this year. Uh, I think twenty something times. Um, but as we all saw Saturday, are, are they great on defense? Huh. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody's uh, got some issues somewhere. Everybody on the schedule's got issues somewhere. That game's at home, you know, in the mm-hmm. swamp. I'm just not, uh, you know. I, I, if Anthony Richardson goes off and the Gamecocks can't stop him and he's throwing it all over the place and dicing them up, yeah, it's going to be a hard game. But, you know, I don't, I don't know that Florida's this great football team. Somebody pointed out earlier they're two plays away from being 0-4. <laughs> you know, US, USF uh, almost cut them. And Utah had, Utah should have won the game. So, I, you know, I, 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 and we'll, we'll see. We'll see moving forward. But I'm just not – I'm not ready to say, oh, I don't see – you know, anybody. And, and I agree with you about the, the pass rushers. Don't uh, – um, you said all night. I don't know about all night. I, I think there were some very noticeable times, uh, but I also thought they protected pretty well. Soda says uh, – all right, I will let you read this one, Phil. Soda City Chicken. 
Hope y'all had a great weekend. The Charlotte game is fool's gold to me. I'm happy for Lloyd and others, but an eight-year-old with a Madden playbook running halfback dial <laughs> every play could have it, uh, run up the score on Charlotte. And they remind me of Charleston Southern a few years ago with a better QB. Yep, early our team showed all the red flags they have on the season, both O and D. Satterfield is the worst game planner, teacher of the game I've ever seen. I wish so badly that we had Phil Longo, Josh Heupel, Kendall Bryles, or Lane Kiffin. They find success every year. Um, you know, to that, I, yeah, there's concerns. I would say in that first part of the email is that yeah, you, we started slow again. Uh, it, it, it was, you know, very traumatic <laughs> to watch. <laughs> but you found that what I like about it is you found a way. Like, okay, it's like you the 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 first offensive possession like i said it was very run heavy and that was about all we saw and then the second one was a bit more balanced again you know yielding a touchdown as opposed to a field goal and defense came around before halftime so it didn't have to take you know going into the locker room getting right and then hoping you come back out it was like you could see that change already happening now it was charlotte but this is what these two games are for you know the the schedule set up to have these two here to get your team's mental focus back <laughs> to feel like what it is to win. And I think that's extremely important and cannot be overlooked regardless of who these opponents are. Yeah. I'm with you there, Phil, definitely. And uh, yeah, yeah. Look, did, did it tell us, okay, this is the, the key to the rest of the season. And no, I, I don't think so. I mean, that, you know, you're going to, I don't have to see balance on offense before I, I, I claim anything's fixed. I, I, I don't think, you know, what happened Saturday, Phil was fixing anything. I think it was just kind of getting guys going, um, yeah. you know, cause like I said, you know, there's, there were times last year, Gamecocks put up points, moved the ball um, against defenses that could not stop the run. I mean, but you know, I, I guess you give, you give Satterfield credit for realizing they couldn't, Stop them from running. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, and later in the game, it was just like, okay, keep running the ball because they're yeah. not stopping it, which I'm happy to see that because now it's like, oh, well, you're not overthinking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, not overthinking it. But, um, yeah, so I, 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 I don't know about fool's gold because I, I don't, I think that at least Phil and I, and you know, most people I thought they're taking a very realistic approach to it. And, you know, I, I think we're kind of on the same page, so to say, because it's like, Okay, great. You did what you were supposed to do, you know. And and this is like these days. Sometimes, Phil, in in life, uh, I've noticed that a lot of people get uh, they want a ton of credit for doing things that they're supposed to do. <laughs> oh, you got up and took a shower and wiped your ass today. Great. Here's a medal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and and so it's it's hard sometimes because you're like, uh, you know, people. Like, like the kids, our kids are that way to a certain extent. Well, I went to school today. I mean, I got up and went. <laughs> Ten dollars? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, this the pats on the back stopped. You know, uh, yeah. halfway when, through yesterday, and everybody's on to <laughs> SEC. We're on yeah. SEC. <laughs> wait, 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 to, wait to knock out that C, buddy. You know. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah. wow. You I know, went so, in. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> so, uh, uh, all right. So, no, but yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> to that analogy, it was yeah. Yesterday was like getting a ninety-eight in gym, uh, or Saturday was like getting a ninety-eight in gym because you dressed out. Yeah, 
Which is basically what you had to do at gym, you know, right. dress out. Yeah. Dress out. Like somebody, somebody fail. How'd you fail PE? I just didn't dress out. Why not? Because of stank. My clothes stank. <laughs> Watch that stuff, man. Um, Jason, Jason says Gamecock says, JC, this show has been enjoyable with you and Phil adding occasional guests. Any guests coming up to look forward to? Um, we have some, right? We have Evan coming up this week. Yeah, Evan uh, with uh, Tito's and Chicken will be on Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, he's coming on before Jamie uh, Bradford, of course. And then we've got uh, the Mental Edge with Sawyer Nix, as always, on Tuesdays. Uh, Keith, Flint. of course, unfortunately got sick, canceled. But yeah, yeah, Michael Flint always in on Friday. Chris um, and Thursdays, usually. Chris Phillips. Yeah, yeah Chris Phillips. And um, then, of course, we'll rotate through some other ones as we can get them on here. Yeah, we're we're trying to get like David Cloninger back on because I I thought his segment when about the chicken that story was hilarious and he's funny. Uh, uh, he's also, Brad Crawford, also so, so a lot of different guests. Uh, we're going to kind of uh, mix it up and and some guys that we haven't talked about yet that we will some surprises. So it'll be a nice surprise for all of you. Yes, Sugar Ray says three consecutive interceptions. Awesome. We missed several others, too. Cam's on the sidelines would have stopped the Charlotte scoring drive. Yeah, I mean, and uh, like I said, their quarterback's a good player. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's pretty good. Carolina Titan says Kirby was not happy after that 17-point win versus Kent. I can't wait to see that mindset from our coaching staff. They, they, they have a mindset. I mean, I – don't don't get caught up in the super positivity after the game and think that that's kind of, I mean, they're in there coaching and teaching and correcting. Um, but, look, I don't blame Kirby. That was an ugly win for them. I mean, they've been the most dominant team in the country through three weeks, and they go out there and sloppily turn the ball over and, and, and you know, let Kent get some things against their defense. And no, it wasn't a happy game for them. <laughs> Um, but I do give Kent a lot of credit, and I do think that guy can coach his butt off. And I think, you know, you'll you'll see in a few years uh, Kent State's coach. Uh, and, look, I, I think Illinois, just to be honest, should have hired him last year. I mean, that, that was kind of one of the – and nothing against Brett Bielema. I mean, he's, you know, a good coach and solid. But, man, oh, man, I mean, I'm like, you know, th th this guy, this guy's from Chicago. I mean, he's got the recruiting chops. So, so here's the here's what they've done this year. They lost fifth. They went to Washington to open the season to Seattle, forty five to twenty. They went to Oklahoma in week two and lost thirty three three. They beat Long Island sixty three to ten, and then they lost to UGA thirty nine twenty two. They've got the mighty Ohio Bobcats coming up. But I mean, you play at Washington, at Oklahoma, and at Georgia three of your first four games. And, and you, you save your best for last against the number one team in the country. That's good coaching, mm -hmm. you know. And they, they, none of these games were particularly close, but they, they, they made a good account of themselves. So just uh, – I would just say that about Kent State. Uh, and I also would say Carolina Titan, that the, the, the South Carolina coaches, they, they care, I mean, and all that good stuff. 76 Gamecock says, I agree with you both, J.C. and Phil. None of the teams scare me. All are winnable. Just got to play with confidence and focus on execution. Doc Graybeard says, I'm just basing my opinion on what I've seen. Levis can run, and Will makes all the throws. Richardson one runs well and is going to be a better passer. Tennessee's some great quarterback on offense. Yeah, but I'll say this. Um, while South Carolina did struggle with K.J. Jefferson, they did not struggle with Sam Howell 
or uh, Emory Jones from Florida last year. Uh, so there, there, there's not like this. I think as Carolina people sometimes feel we 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 cringe when we see the dual threat quarterback because mm-hmm. of the history there. Right, right. <laughs> many many have made the defense look bad. Um, and and this year, obviously, you know, it was hard to slow Jefferson, hard to slow Bennett, but you know, there there are some. There's a track record there. Carolina being able to bottle those guys up, um, yeah. but but I get you, Doc. I mean, you know, I, I understand what you've seen and all Ooh. that. He just needs to see better play and coaching. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. <laughs> what it is all the way around. Got to do it. Doc is good. Um, Quantrill says, I'm so-so with the game plan. It feels too complex uh, with not adjustments to our talent. But a win is a win. It could be worse. You could be a Miami fan. I, I, I agree with you, Con, Quantrill. That's kind of been my contention with the offense yeah. uh, a lot. Uh, you know, in terms of, of, of what it what it is, basically. Uh, and then in-game, personnel usage and play calling to me. I mean, and, and look, there, there was no – there was no grand creative play calling this week, and, and nor should there have been in a game like this, uh, other than, you know, maybe there is a school of thought that you, you run a little more wide open just because you, you got to get clicking and rhythm and your confidence. But – you could also just line up and run it 40 times, and that's fine what they did. <laughs> you know, there's, there's more than one approach to this um, and all that. And I, I don't know that um, that was, that was you know, th- th- there's anything to really disagree with Shane Beamer about doing it. I mean, you, you don't want to lose that Charlotte game, uh, going out there and screwing it down, right? Craiger says Bennett Swigert's coming in to dial him up this weekend. Going to be interesting to see his ascent in the coaching ranks. Yeah, they haven't had they haven't been as good at quarterback this year. But if you watch, I watched their bowl game against Dion and in, in, in Jackson State, and uh, they won. South Carolina mm-hmm. State did. They had a really nice scheme of things and balanced play calling and all that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he's got any tricks up his sleeves for the Gamecocks. Like I said, they're not they're not playing all that great at quarterback. At the moment, um, so we'll just we'll just kind of have to see uh, how all that pans out. I, I I thought that heading into this year, I would I would I mean it's only I think they've only had three games, but uh, heading into this year, there's a, I had a little bit higher expectations for SC State, a little bit. Um, but you know, UCF fifty six ten, they beat Bethune Cook thirty three nine, and then North Carolina A and T got a pretty good forty one twenty seven. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, and you know, it was in it was in Greensboro, so so who knows? But uh, they got them pretty good, so we'll see sort of uh, what happens this weekend uh, with South Carolina State. One more question from the IHL Consulting Mailbag, and then uh, I don't think we're done, right, Phil? With with this, we've got it. Cl- we got it clear for a Monday. How about that? Yeah, yeah Monday's uh, Gmail. <laughs> so let's yeah. see. Xavier chimes in. He was like, "Hey guys, my question is this: Should we be excited about the offensive performance Saturday night, or do we still need to temper expectations?" On one hand, we scored fifty six points, which is the highest we've scored in two seasons, I believe. On the other hand, it was the worst defense in the nation. Should we chalk it up to a fluke game against a bad defense, or should we get excited uh, for the offense look to be clicking? Uh, P.S. I said we could run the ball and just chose not to in previous games. Have I been proven right? I, you know, as to uh, here's the here's the thing. You did what you were supposed to do against the nation's worst defense. So check that box. 
<laughs> you and even though it was a little slow to start, you got the job done. Um, we can run the ball. Bear in mind, though, bad defense and a new look offensive line this week. So maybe there's something to be said for that, shaking that up some. What do you think, JC? I kind of like the, the shakeup on the line. I mean, is that a necessity? But, uh, you know, I, uh, there's, you know, part of me still believes, uh, you know, in a healthy Dylan one, I'm playing really well. Uh, I think Jalen Nichols sometimes, you know, during his career at Carolina, he hadn't gotten off to the best starts to seasons. Um, like last year, you know, he was the starter at guard and really was one of the ones that looked completely confused. But then, then he ended up at left tackle by the end of the year and played pretty well, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what, do you, what to do about him if he makes it back? You know, part of me is a believer in that. But also part of me understands that I, I think Wanamaker and, uh, and Moore uh, could be better players than those two. I mean – just to be honest, and if you base it on game film and, and what you've watched in the games, uh, I think Wanamaker and, and Moore have, you know, to, for the most part, outperformed. So uh, who knows? But I, that that may have helped. Will says, am I crazy if you wanted to see more of Luke Doty? Well, no, Luke's played well. I mean, just but you have to understand it's in mop-up duty. Um, I'm not saying that. I, I think Doty could go in and Carolina could compete. I mean, it's, I don't think there's like a an enormous drop off, but I, I think this is Spencer Rattler's team, uh, so to speak. Um, and until it's not, <laughs> you know, you're probably not going to see a whole lot more of, of Luke Doty. Yeah, at this uh, point, I think you do more harm than good bringing Luke in like as a starter for a game. I would, yeah, uh, unless something's like Rattler gets shaken up or something, I don't yeah. see it. Uh, change the subject to team here. A true freshman quarterback for Penn State, Aller, plus running back Singleton. They're going to be special. They're sort of waiting in the wings, but Aller is a big, talented kid. Watch out for them. I agree. I love that guy uh, coming out of high school. And then Singleton is one of the best freshman running backs in the country. Um, Penn State's going to be good. Ed says, what was the point spread for the Charlotte game? Uh, I think it ended up 23 and a half game Gamecocks. Yeah, I was going to say 24 and a half, but yeah, somewhere in there, 23 yeah. to 24. They covered the spread. Yahoo! You yippee. <laughs> they did cover the spread. Um, you know, so there, there, there we go. So that's uh, Doc says, I agree. The staff there is a good one, no doubt. All teams have a weakness scheme around it uh, to do an offense three and a half yards and down and score. It's easy, right? LOL. No, it's not. It's not that easy. It's not as easy as people think. Uh, so thanks to all the Nana sports chat boxers for chiming in. We're going to have more from you, more interaction, uh, coming out. Uh, Drew ha- is in there and is asking about the point spread for the Kentucky game. So we'll see. And shouldn't we get an announcement on that TV time today, Phil? TV time should be today. Something tells me it's going to be a night game. <laughs> I hope so because I'm going, and uh, that means I probably, probably get to spend two days at the horse horsey track. Yeah, uh, I got to get, I gotta get some spare summer pants and stuff, man. If I'm going to go to the horse race, I, yeah. I've got. Uh, I need to get. I need to get it together. And that's so. going to have to have some kind of you know fancy hat fascinator. Is that? What oh yeah, mean? she she tags me. She goes like yesterday. She's like. Uh, what am I supposed to wear to this horse race day? And I'm like, uh, a pretty dress and a pretty hat. <laughs> like, okay, so that's good. Dress like it's the, the 1920s. That's that's basically it. right. Yeah. 
don't have a parcel, parcel, umbrella, parcel, umbrella. All right, last break of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Don't forget, you can always get the archive version of the show on YouTube. Uh, also, we cut up some of our videos of our guests and put them on YouTube. And we can oh, you can also check out uh, it on podcast form, Apple Podcasts, uh, and uh, Spotify and all that. Uh, we'll have a JC and Morgan college football podcast tomorrow afternoon for those of you that are interested in listening to that. It'll be good. And uh, also go hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. It's free. It helps our numbers and helps the people at YouTube uh, or the the, the uh, algorithms, uh, Skynet that now runs YouTube. Uh, <laughs> it helps, uh, helps Skynet like us a little better. Uh, all right. So we'll be back. We got Drew coming up. We got more from Doc. We got Tiffany. Nana Sports chat box rolls on here on the Interactive Monday on Inside the Gamecocks the Ship. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington, half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, folks. JC here. I've told you about Nana's Porch over and over again. They sponsor our chat box on the show. Uh, Don't take my word for it, though. I wanted you to hear from Gamecock pitcher Noah Hall about our sponsor, Nana's Porch. Nana'sPorch.com. Go there. Food, truck, catering, whatever you need. Uh, Take it away, Noah. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Hey, man. 
Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks the show what's up this is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks show with JC and Phil thank you Jaheim welcome back everybody the second hour of Inside the Gamecocks the show is presented to you by the Burgesson Group at Remax by the Lake for your commercial needs multifamily or full commercial uh, real estate buy or sell give Adam and Derek Burgesson a uh, call or send them an email a on at repack.net and of course the show is brought to you by manscaped uh join the five million men worldwide who have uh joined in the manscaped experience use the promo code big spur at manscaped.com remember that's 20 percent off and free shipping or at manscaped.com and, uh, you know, JT, I was thinking, what did you think about the production of the uh, game there? <laughs> <laughs> we uh, got everybody else has talked about it. So, some, yeah, a lot of people were complaining. I, I think yes, when you, when you look at the ESPNU, that's usually like, so, I mean, like that's the that's usually the worst quality, so right. uh, of, a, of a broadcast, and you know, hey, it, it, it's going to happen when you're. On, on one of the lower networks sometimes. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, the broadcast kind of served its purpose too. I mean, you can see the, the lights in the stadium and the crowd just fine and, and all that. But, yeah, there was, there was some interesting quality uh, broadcast on Saturday, period. Like, at one point I was watching Florida and Tennessee, and it was kind of cool, Phil, because uh, I guess the announcer feed, Nessler and Danielson cut out on the CBS sports app a little bit. Oh, um, it may have been my connection too. Who knows? Uh, it's a, all you heard was the, the, the crowd. And, and like, I think Florida scored during the time. So you heard their crowd, their visiting crowd uh, in a quietish, not Neyland stadium. And mm -hmm. then you heard, you heard the Gator band play and you're like, wow, this is kind of, it's just kind of interesting because it feels like you're there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I didn't really think the, the broadcast quality was that, that big of a deal, but you know, <laughs> it's just so starkly different from the stuff that goes on the SEC network, even you know, yeah, even the opener that was you know, just streaming only. I was like, oh, man, that's better production for the streaming only game, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, so Drew asked, uh, any prediction on the point spread for Kentucky Gamecocks plus 13? I think it'll surprise you. I think it'll be like like no more than eight. Just being honest, I mean, 
Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe less than 13, maybe, maybe 11, give them, you know, touchdown field goal because it's at home somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11. You're right. Maybe 10, something like that. I don't, I don't think it's going to be ridiculous. You know, Tiffany says, really hope we get more vertical passing against SC state. Yeah. I'd like to see juice Wells get some more balls (laughs) and bell. And Stogner. It's probably um, what we'll be showcased this week, and we won't I, see but maybe 10 runs. Corey Rucker a little bit. You know, I just <laughs> – I don't know. But see, when you have this many guys that can make things happen, you need to find a way to have balance because that, that's what that's what you want, right? Yeah. Um, I know he can beat me in a foot race, but is Stogner slow? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's slow. I, I've uh, – I think I think what we see when we because I'm, I'm with you I know where you're coming from Phil mm-hmm. um, I, I think what we're seeing is him blocking and in, in the box a little bit uh, and some hesitation because that's not really what he did at Oklahoma I mean he basically spread him out wide and he ran routes and called passes um, so maybe that's where he kind of looks a little slow but if you look at what he did at OU I mean he run a nine route and jump up over the defense. I mean, it, you know, uh, I don't yeah, think that's what, I mean, that's what, you know, I was having shades of that in my head. I was like, man, this guy can get downfield and high point the football. And, you know, I'm like, that's just not yeah. what we're seeing here. I don't know. No, I hadn't seen it. You know, I think he needs more opportunities, but you know, tight end usage or, or the usage of the players they call tight ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, is very interesting. <laughs> very interesting right now. Um, Tiffany says if the O line can't clear it out against SC State, that doesn't bode well for the rest of the year. Yeah, but keep in mind, you know, uh, I remember a few years back, Gamecocks couldn't block Wofford. <laughs> Wofford had like a like a two hundred twenty six pound nose guard too, <laughs> two twenty six. Uh, and then later in the year, you know, they played Clemson. This is 06. and uh, I think. Mike Davis, the first, the first Mike Davis, and then Corey Boyd had about combined two hundred and something yards rushing against guys like Philip Merling and Gaines Adams, and you know, really good D line for Clemson. Uh, so you never know year to year. You can't you can't doom the whole season based on one game, right? Um, you know, seventy six goes is your JC and Morgan podcast live like this one that's coming uh, down the down the pipe sometime. It, it won't be like. Uh, uh, it'll probably be like a we'll try to hit a certain time during the week, but we're not gonna not gonna promise that. But it but when we do record it, we'll give you all notice and you can get on the live stream or whatever. Doc says this is the best chat in the Gamecock universe. Seems like I'm always right, Amy. <laughs> all right, <laughs> uh, Tiffany says, <laughs> yeah. uh, this thing from Tiffany here, Phil. This is pretty interesting. Uh, I'll let you grab that one. Let's see. Do continue to be mystified at the use of Bell. I mean, I expected him to be in the backfield, in line, flex all over the place, and it's just been very predictable. Well, yeah, Tiffany, it has been a bit predictable. Uh, although I did, I think we did see Jaheim in the backfield Saturday, and he did not get the handoff. <laughs> so I don't know. There's that. I, who knows? That's it's one of the cr- biggest criticisms we've had. I think going into this has been. Um, Marcus Satterfield and his tendencies when it comes to that. And, you know, hopefully he's, you know, learning over these next couple of games too on how to use people. Um, but I wouldn't, 
don't be shocked if you see a really vanilla game plan coming into Saturday, you know, just something kind of simple like we did run the ball, you know, quick passes. Uh, but we would like to see more, more vertical passing. But I don't know. As for Jaheim Bell, you know, get him out there in space and throw it to him, you know. Because <laughs> <laughs> says start, start slow as molasses. I, I don't I, I want to see what he does in the open field, Clint. I, I may agree with you at some point, but I just you know, a lot of times with what these guys are asked to do, it makes them look like they're not fast or whatever. And that's not always the case. And maybe you're comparing him to Jaheim in the same, you know, group. Yeah. And he's definitely slower than Jaheim Bell. I mean, you know. <laughs> um, Quantrell says, which job would you rather have, Georgia Tech or Nebraska? I know Tech has the academic standards, but it's Atlanta. Yeah, I'd, I'd go uh, ACC over Big Ten because, mm-hmm. I, you know, you look at the ACC right now outside of Clemson, and apparently you don't have to recruit well. It doesn't matter if you recruit well there. Uh, it hadn't mattered at North Carolina. It hadn't mattered at Miami. Uh, it's mattering a little bit at Florida State now. But you can be a Syracuse or a Louisville or a Duke or a Wake or whoever, you know, go just get guys that you can get and develop them and you can compete in that league. Pittsburgh is an example of that. Now, Pat Narduzzi at Georgia Tech would be a heck of a hire. You know, oh, that, yeah. that that guy would be amazing. Um you know, I, I think Bill O'Brien would probably be a good hire there. He was there as an assistant when Shane Beamer was at Georgia Tech uh, under uh, George O'Leary uh, back in the day. Uh, he of uh, Alabama uh, Saban Rehab School. Uh, and they're talking about him for Nebraska, too. But Bill O'Brien, would uh, that's the type of guy, you know, you look at what he did at Penn State the two years he was there, held the ship together. They were much better than anybody anticipated. Uh, and then handed it off to James Franklin when he went to the NFL. So um, that type of guy I think would be good. But I, I, I like Georgia Tech uh, as a job better than Nebraska. Uh, saying that, knowing both are in the tank right now <laughs> uh, and, and understanding that you have vastly more resources at Nebraska. But there's just something not right there right now. And I think uh, you can – Work if you go to Georgia Tech and you turn them back around and get them competitive in the ACC again, uh, you can go get a Big Ten job at some point or an SEC job at some point. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, that's a good deal. Tiffany says she doesn't like griping after a win, but just wish they look more diverse on that side of the ball and more people involved. I just think we have an elephant until the end of the year. I, I agree, but like I said, okay, so when you're making these decisions as a head coach, and I'm not uh, I, I'm with you, Tiffany. I I would have preferred. I think how many times did I use the word balance all, all last week, Phil. 107. <laughs> um, so we'd be drunk if we were drinking. <laughs> oh God, yeah, hammered, alcohol poisoning. Uh, you know. So last year, I'm mean, sorry, I guess that. So I with you uh, and agree with you as far as what I would want to see, but but. but to just kind of wrap this back around, if you're Shane Beamer, you're looking at it and you're like, man, you know, because coaches sometimes look at things a little more narrowly because they're at practice every day and, and stuff. And you're looking at it going, well, this many starters are out on defense and this many more key players are banged up on defense. And their defense hadn't stopped anybody, uh, you know, most of the year, with the, the exception being, 
the middle of the game against Georgia State. So, you know, and you look at Charlotte and their offense and the way they're playing and some really good players, and, and sure enough, early on, they went, up, they went up and down the field. So do you go out there and say we're going to throw caution to the wind and work on things and act like, you know, and, 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 and do that? Or are we just going to say, hey, we're the better team. We're going to run it till you stop it. And uh, if you don't stop it, you're, we're going to run all over you, you know. And and that's that's a safer choice because when you're playing uh, and, and you're just running it and you can't, you know, can't get the ball or whatever, it, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's very hard for the other team to beat you, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're out there screwing around, you know, fumbling around, and, you know, then you end up with a game a lot like the Troy game last year where you have an, or the Georgia State game where you can't muster more than two touchdown drives against a lesser opponent, uh, and you really, really struggle. Uh, you know, so I, I think that was the, the idea there, Tiffany. Uh, and, and I don't know that there's a wrong call to be made. Uh, I, I think what it does, though, it just doesn't show you that the offense has, uh, you know, gotten to that point where it's the, the balance is there or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so there we go. Stogner is a mismatch. He can muscle DBs. Uh, Saunders says, Joey does say, I'm happy they actually stuck with a game plan and did not try stupid plays. <laughs> Something to be said for that, too. Yeah, uh, I got cute this week. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Craig says, has anybody seen the running back from Lexington play that we gave a preferred walk-on to last night? I have not. Nope. I have to ask some of my friends that, that, that do that, but I'll watch, uh, watch that. Um, Doc says, Atlanta, talent-rich area, beat Clemson, and you were in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, shorter path um, to success. Man, nothing easy about firing anyone, and then you have a new system to install. I get it. Make the best decision you can, but that doesn't, works, that doesn't mean it works out. Also, make a mistake. Make it short. Uh, Twitter is saying Kentucky is a night game. Phil. That does not surprise me. But I mean, that's going to be good viewing. You got that, that preseason set up <laughs> between the two head coaches. I kind of figured it'd be like, you know, SEC Network 730. Isn't that it is. SEC? Yeah. Is it? Yes. It is indeed 730 SEC Network. Yeah, so. that, that's got, that's, that had it wrote all over it. <laughs> That'll be an interesting atmosphere. And it'll it'll be a little cool that night too, probably in Lexington. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there we go. I wonder if I wonder if they'll send Mike Morgan to Lexington to call that one. Uh, anyway, so thanks for that, Drew. We always like to pass that along. So yeah, Kentucky Carolina kicks off 7:30 p.m. Eastern, SEC Network Saturday night. So a night game under the lights in Lexington. I can't remember the last time Phil the Gamecocks went to Lexington. And it was a day game. I'm pretty sure I was there. I think it was 08 or 06. No, 06 was a night game. 08 was a day game. Uh, 08 was a day game because that was the day we brought home our eldest from the hospital. I remember that very vividly. And it was a day game because I was bringing stuff from the hospital to the house watching it. (laughs) (laughs) I got, yeah. I don't think there's been a night game in Lexington or a day game in Lexington since 08. Uh, since that last time. And that was the Captain Munderland game. Steven Garcia came in that game, too. Spurrier got mad at Chris Smelly and threw Garcia in, and he did a lot of good things in that one. And 
had a cup of coffee as the starting quarterback for like three games. <laughs> um, but that was the last time. Yeah, that was the last time. I remember I stayed went with my buddy John Barber, and we uh, we stayed halfway. So uh, yeah, we stayed we stayed halfway. So that's uh, that's the deal there uh, in Pigeon Forge. So we will see kind of what happens there. And that's uh, wait a minute. I may be wrong. No, Phil Cornblut had that. Yep. So there we go. So there. I'm sorry. I just got a text from Whittle. Where are you seeing this kickoff time? So, I'm sorry. I got to update stuff. I got to update stuff in real time. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, so yeah. So night game in Lexington looks like, uh, and that's cool. So uh, we'll go uh, go from there. Uh, 76 says I missed the crazy of Spurrier. If you didn't play well, next man get in there. Huh? Well, it worked. It's a good motivational tactic. <laughs> to get guys to play their best. Um, and also, sometimes it gives you a, a bounce. I mean, there were years under Steve Spurrier where even like the championship, uh, SEC East championship, you know, Garrett Chisholm was starting at offensive guard. He was a walk-on for that team, you know. Uh, lots of walk-ons started on the O-line when Spurrier was there. He ended up being the best guy, best guys to do it, you know. And so, you know, I'm, I'm there. And it wasn't always – you know, uh, Spurrier didn't always. I don't know. <laughs> well, forget about that. Union, though, he was just like, you know, if you weren't performing, letting the shoot, give the next guy a chance. What I was going to say is a lot of times those guys were the better choices. Yeah. You know, I can only remember like one. Sometimes that receiver, I would get a little chapped because, for example, Nick, there's no, no, no scenario on earth in 2012 that D.L. Moore needed to be starting over Nick Jones. And then D.L. I think he got kicked off the team. And then Nick Jones starts the bowl game and it's bombs away. I mean, you know, and you're like, ah, I should have done this so sooner. But very few times, you know, when, when they go make a choice, you know, sometimes maybe at running back, uh, like at the end of 2012, Kenny Miles got a lot of run and you had, you had Mike Davis the second on that team, you know, and they didn't give him a lot of run. Uh, we'll see sort of what happens. Uh, Tiffany says, it's not setting up to be a good matchup with UK. I don't agree. Our injuries on defense and our issues on offense. I mean, if the D can play UK like they did second half Saturday, then we have a chance. Yeah, I, I think South Carolina matches up well. Uh, Kentucky's not uh, a going 90 mile an hour offense that goes up and down the field at, at breakneck speed. Levis is good. you got to keep him from running. you got to keep them from running the football. They are, they are not one-dimensional anymore. They can throw it, but you, you still it's very difficult uh, for them when they're not – when they can't get the ground game going. Another thing is they're not the same on the offensive line that they used to be. They're not the same on defense outside of their linebackers. So, so keep that in mind. You know, this is, this is a Kentucky team and program that I think is getting its, its due. You know, I think that – you know, sports writers and coaches, poll voters and things like that are just like, uh, you know, see if you agree with me here, Phil, you know, I, I think they're like, well, I'm tired of underranking Kentucky and they go and win 10 games. Uh, and then, so this year they're like, well, let's shove them on up there. That's right. We're just going to, yeah, put them up there until they fall. <laughs> if they, they, meet, they beat the mighty Gators with Cam Newton light. Whatever. Cam Jr. And, Cam uh, Jr. Yeah. and uh, 
and uh, all that. And, you know, he, he, now Saturday, Anthony Richardson looked a little like Cam at times. Yeah, he played a decent so, game. I mean, you know, he, they didn't yeah. lose that because of him. That's for sure. Uh, Four hundred and something yards passing up there. Mm-hmm. I just. I just think at the end of the day, Tennessee had too much offense, but I do think the Tennessee defense has showed us who they are a little bit, uh, which is going to mean, I mean, if you're a Tennessee fan, a lot of high-scoring games in Knoxville this year. Um, yeah, uh, take, the take the over. Take the over. Take the over. That load up on the over if it's Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc says the preseason rankings are crap anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, you know. So, can the counter run plays carry on and be successful against SEC teams? Seems the O line can block those plays better, just like last year's bowl game. Yeah, I thought the you know there, there's some school thought the counter is probably the best run play they they run. So I think, uh, but I you think can't I, just keep going back to the well. That's what <laughs> I'm that's saying. The, yeah. yeah, that's the difference in <laughs> in what we saw this Saturday versus what you know happens after you know two weeks from now is that. These coordinators are going to get wise, and you're going to have to be more balanced. <laughs> more balanced, yeah. <laughs> so, well, apparently uh, – all right, so I got that kickoff time from Phil Kornblut's Sports Talk Media Network tweet. Uh, I guess it's right. If it's not, I apologize. Uh, got tweeted it out, too. Um, so – Maybe not a night game. I don't know. Whittle text me. He's wondered because he's usually all over that. So we'll see sort of what happens there. Um, Jock says, I think if we score more than Kentucky, we have a chance. It's like John Madden. You know, if you score more touchdowns than the other team, that means you win the game. You're going to win the game. Who knows? I know. You know, it's, it's and I don't think you can read anything into what happened Saturday and what's going to happen this coming Saturday into anything that happens at Kentucky. You just, you just got to hope that there's a solid game plan because you know they're going to come at you with a solid game plan and play fundamental football and drives you crazy when you can't stop it. So there's no question. <laughs> they, they and they don't they don't always beat themselves even though they tried to last year in Columbia. Give it to the Gamecocks. They, they didn't. So. Uh, who knows? Who knows what'll happen? So uh, with that, but that's a ways away. Okay, don't forget tomorrow the Mental Edge with Sawyer Nicks coming up, and then our cast of characters uh, continue to come, move on. We got Evan Woodbury from Tito's and Chicken coming up later this week, along with our visit from Jamie Bradford, Michael Flint, uh, all those happy folks. As we head into uh, Saturday, will be the first uh, game of October. The month of October is almost here, Phil. It's kind of crazy. Oh no! No, yeah, we're powering through we're a third of the way through the season just like that it's fine yeah once you once it gets here then you're like oh man <laughs> and then it's gotten like like that it's gone all right thank you so much uh chat boxers and uh, emailers and our sponsors and all that uh we're gonna get out of here for today don't forget you can catch it in podcast format later for phil monax jc sherbert this has been inside the game cost the show Have a great Monday, everybody.